So we get asked all the time, how do you get our guests to go on the dance floor? Well, to be quite honest with you, that's the easy part. And we'll explain that in a few minutes, how we get people on the dance floor. But the more important question is, how do you keep people on the dance floor? That's what really separates a great band from just a regular band. So in today's Planning Tips podcast, we're going to dive into how we keep your guests to remain on your dance floor so your wedding is a night to remember. I'm Mike Carleo, and this is the EMG Podcast. You, it's Mike Sawpaw. I'm also here. You're breathing really heavy. Why are you doing that? Should I back up? Why you're breathing incredibly? Should I read the whole thing? Incredibly heavy. You're listening to the EMG podcast with your hosts Mike Carleo and Mike Sawpaw. Dude, were you running a marathon? Like this, what like was that? Hold on, hold on. You're like, and we're going to talk about how to keep guests on your dance floor. I mean, that was actually, Jesus. and that was that was air going into my lungs, not now even listen, out of my lungs. The people don't know the difference because, as far as you know, we've only been gone a week. But what we do see a little behind the curtain magic is we batch record these, yeah, right? We yeah. record like t- ten weeks at a time. Yeah, we try at least, and, and so, then we go weeks and weeks on end without recording, and then you get anxiety, and then we start doing it again. Here we are, right? So. Uh, we're we're batch recording today. We yep. have an episode. We have not been here on the microphone in a while. Yeah, uh, you would never know the difference, but we're happy to be back. Uh, it's April. I uh, we typically don't give like uh, timestamps, but yeah. it's April. Uh, people are getting vaccinated. Yeah, dance floors are opening up. Mm-hmm. We are excited. We're yeah. getting back to normal. So um, the, the specific question that we're answering today is: It's like, how do you how do you keep your uh, your guests on your dance floor, Mike? So. That is a question we're going to answer. But first, how do we get them on the dance floor, right? And just give me like a quick like elevator pitch. How do you get guests? Uh, okay, let's try that again. How many times am I going to screw up today? Lots of strokes. How many guests are you going to get? I'm done. Okay, two strokes. How are okay. you going to get guests on the dance floor? Yeah. That's a question we get asked a lot. Uh, to Mike's point, when he was running the triathlon in the open of the show, Mm-hmm. That's the easy part. How do you keep them on the dance floor? That's that's trickier, okay? How you get them there is uh, you're at a wedding and people are drinking and you you play a good song. I mean, that's easy, yeah. right? But it's how do you get that sustained participation so that the dance floor is always packed? Yeah. So that is what we're focusing on here today. And um, focusing on the band side, On too. the band side, right. Because DJs might do it totally different. Right. I'm not a DJ. Mm-hmm. Haven't been in many years. Well, you were a DJ. I was. Yeah. yeah but now I'm not. Life. Yeah, not you're out. Now. You got out. So yeah, let's let's get to out. number one here. It's I'm I, reform. I'm a reformed DJ. I went back to my musical roots. I like that. Thank you. I do like I that. I appreciate that. So what do you do? Okay. When when guests come in, right, and they're walking into the reception space, that is by far the most important time for a band to be able to win over a crowd. So it's getting the trust of the crowd of your guest list immediately. And of course that's number Number one. So the walk-in music is, I think it's overlooked by most bands and most companies in general. I mean, we got our DJs on to really pay more attention to this as we were going through Cityscape. I I know that specifically with Tom, Tom now has a fire walk-in set. Yeah. You know, what's funny is I realized that you do this when you meet with clients, you use the term walk-in a lot and we know what it means but I don't think a lot of people do so yeah. we refer to that like cocktail hour doors open hey you can walk into the reception now we refer to that as your walk-in set yeah. right and so our first tip number one is you need to gain the trust of the crowd immediately if you want to keep that dance floor packed later in the evening don't suck early yeah. I mean it's that simple first impressions 
is, is everything, right? Presentation has to be key, right? The presentation of the band is obviously going to wow people and the sound is going to be great, but you also need to play the right songs that are going to be to bring and warm up the crowd before anything really starts happening, right? And so, you know, let's just go through like a, a typical walk-in set that we'll play. Yeah, so bands can do this, like, for example, some sleeper picks that we play is Suit and Tie, Justin Timberlake, Do I Do, Stevie Wonder, uh, Let's Stay Together, Al Green. Mm-hmm. Like, these are bops, you know what I yeah, mean? Like, yeah. they're not... They're groovy music, not crazy over the top. You're not trying to create a dance floor at that moment, but you're trying to get people to be like, I can't wait to get out and dance. You know what? One of my favorites that we don't necessarily do all the time? Tie a Yellow Ribbon by Tony Orlando. That was actually really close. It's uh-huh. actually... Uh, Never Too Much by Luther Vandross. Great song. Love, love that song. Yeah, no, It's, it's such a good. great bop, right? Um, it, it, cre- it starts creating the flow of the evening. Now, coupled with that is uh, when the event host also speaks in between of those songs as well, right? You know, you want to tell your guests to take their seats and, and get as the servers are going to be taking their orders for their first course and their entrees. And doing so almost in a way that's building anticipation. Like, you better hurry up and sit so that we can get their intro so that we can get you out on the dance floor. Yeah. And I will, as a band leader, I will know if we have a room, so to speak, like meaning like, do I have them in the palm of my hand where I need them by the time we go into intros? Oh, big time. Because I can look around and I can see, are people dancing in their seats? Are they not? Are they How they are they grooving? responding to right. the specific songs that we're playing, which is why we do a big mix of music, right? Yeah. We can play, we'll start with maybe an oldies tune, like what's going on or Here's, whatever. Here is here is a perfect song that we actually don't play in walk-in. Maybe we should, but this which is- one? if. It's a widely known song, right? Okay. And so when I say it, I think people are going to be like, oh, okay, I get the whole vibe. Africa by Toto, oh. right? That's a perfect walk-in song because it's like a sing-along, it's a fan favorite, but it's sort of a mid-tempo where if you pull that out in the middle of a dance set, it's not really going to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might work like way into, back into the night when people are- Yeah, are more of a sing-along the, stuff. The sing-along stuff, but if you, so it'll work there, but it'll also work super early too. Yeah, yeah. Um, and to end songs. Again, to use your word, you want to create a bop. Yeah, you want to create a nice experience of what people get assimilated to what they're actually walking into. Number two. All right, number two. This one is a big one for me. Yeah. Uh, it's what I preach all the time. We talk about this monotonously, if that's even correctly a word, um, but we talk about this a lot in our initial uh, consultations. Your timeline affects the flow of your party. If you want to know how to build a dance floor and keep a dance floor, don't mess up your timeline. We played a job two weeks ago uh, we got people up for our initial dance set and we were at a non-traditional wedding venue, which meant that the staff, though lovely people, didn't know the proper like sort of cadence of the timeline. Mm-hmm. We got people up for a dance set. Dance floor is packed. Maitre D comes over and goes, we're doing cake in five minutes. And you're like, Ugh. You just killed the timeline, right? So, yeah. like, it's going to be, a, I've already built up a big dance floor. It's going to be harder now for me to say, like, everybody step to the side, get your cameras out, it's cake time, and oh, now we're back into a dance set. So, right. your timeline, the way we always say it is, you could have Bruno Mars playing your wedding. If your timeline isn't good, and you're not giving Bruno and his and the hooligans, the band, yeah. the time to play you're not going to keep a dance floor. So right. your timeline is really important. Yeah, and that's why we focus so much on that in the planning process where we can set ourselves up for success, right? Because when we go into like a great, I don't know, couple of the venues that we're preferred at, we want to be, you know, we know how the maitre d's work and those traditional wedding venues really do things really well. Number three. Let's move on to number three here. Okay. Uh, the first dance set, tell me what needs to happen in that set functionally from a genre standpoint. Yeah in order to make sure that you're not only keeping a dance set then, but keeping a dance set later in the evening too. Yeah, I feel like besides the walk-in, this is the the first 
one to four songs that you play for the for the first actual dance set can make or break the rest of the day. And and what I mean by that is you have to hit the crowd with the hits. And so the hits, I mean, have to be classics. So, okay, but hold on. What do you say to somebody saying like, oh, we're a non-traditional couple or we're, we're not into the classics. We want like top 40 mm-hmm. and this and that. Like, what can you give me specific examples of what types of songs or specific songs that should be in a band's first uh, set in order to make sure that like everybody's engaged? I mean, it's just you got to cater to, for us. Like our advice is like, yeah, we can we can focus on the contemporary stuff, but the most important thing is to win over your older crowd that's going to be there. So we'll we'll do we'll cater because the younger crowds are always going to be with you. they're they're going to want to dance no matter what. Right. However, what you want to be able to do is you have those crossover classics that work both for the younger and the older generation. So I'll just use like two examples. Like I want to dance to somebody by Whitney Houston classic hit that we that that people know Crossover. because it, it was done it was i think it was 80s right that yeah. that was when that came out but it's a song that that resonates with younger people like us and but and then also to earth wind and fire september right that that to me is such a great hit and a dance tune where everybody knows a song it's big on tiktok i mean so like i mean younger people I've are, are paying talk. Yeah. i've heard of the talk yeah. the talk is great yeah i mean you could you could i mean for sure. um for our italian families like frankie valley always always a hit always a hit and then what you can do is you can start going into some of those bigger bigger hits or in the contemporaries maybe like the early 2000s and some you know calvin harris or rihanna or jess glenn or um ed sheeran you can do some of that stuff i would never play this particular song but uh, in in the first set, but mm-hmm. you know uh, Bon Jovi shot through the heart. Oh yeah, I heard him give an interview on that, and they were asking him like, how do you write a song? How do you put it together? Whatever, and he said, don't bore us, get us to the chorus, right? Like oh, shot t- through uh, the heart. That's that, that's what you mean. You're talking about functionality of like where do you what what songs no, I'm, you're playing? I'm talking, but- about, I'm talking about songs too. You you nailed it. Okay. But what I'm saying is is like. Our golden rule well, in that we were, first we're gonna, dance set. We're going to talk about that too. Yeah, our golden rule is hit them with the hits, mm-hmm. right? Hit them with the hits. Get grandma and Aunt Jenny on the floor, and your college roommates will come in tow. Yeah. So it's the way that I construct a set list earlier in the evening. Yeah. Is definitely uh, those classics that have crossover appeal mm-hmm. the frankie valleys the got to be real yeah the, lady marmalade uh, lady marmalade like things that are going to span generations that make it much easier that once we have your older guests engaged when we get to a justin timberlake song they're going to stay on the dance floor. right and, and listen those and that's why those classics that have that crossover you know when they resonate with those younger couples you're still catering to a younger crowd as well but the what what couples don't tend to know what we do is that it is much much harder now because our to bands do it are in younger it's right, yeah. to do it in reverse and secondly it's just really hard to get the trust of an older crowd they're they're going to be they're way more particular with the music they want to hear so when you can really get the trust of them within the first 5 to 10 minutes you can play whatever you want for the rest of the night you have their trust there's also specific this is something that's very specific for a band as opposed to a dj yeah there's something about the musicality of older tunes that win over a room more because they're harder to play. Mm, I can't mm. quite put my finger on this, but like, for example, if we had to play, not that it's a particularly difficult song, but if we're playing the string runs in an Earth, Wind, and Fire song, let's say, and the horns are playing the horn lines and the and the melody's going and the chord, whatever, that's going to win over a room, regardless, irrespective of age, based on the musicality and our performance of it, as opposed to playing Doja Cat, Say So. 
I, I can tell you right now what the difference is, right? Yeah. Actually, wait, that was a bad that was a bad choice. Let's go rain on me, Lady Gaga. Because it's a much more danceable tune yeah. than Doja Cat. But mm-hmm. my point is, is that from a musician's standpoint, what we're doing is more technically difficult on older tunes than it is on newer tunes. Yeah. And so from a performance aspect, it's easier for us to start with with the hits and the older stuff yeah. to win over from a performance level. Forget about genre and sing-along, sing-along ability, if mm-hmm. you will. It's easier for us to wow people with 70s string runs and 80s power guitar riffs as opposed to going to a 90s four on the floor, boom, boom. Yeah, boom, yeah, I get boom, it. Dance tune. Yeah, it's, it's all about how the songs are arranged, right? The arrangements of tunes that are done in the 70s are completely different. Well, it's starting to come back, obviously, with some of the newer yeah. pop music now. Um, but if you look at us, um, it's so funny. I was just talking to our, our friend Gabe uh, Valley about this. I know um, him. Who is a string player and I a keyboard player in the company. Yeah, he's a friend. And a lot, a lot of uh, music that's written today has anywhere between one to four instruments during any specific part of the song. Mm-hmm. Which is, if you think about it, it's not that much, no. right? So if you have like a 70s tune, you have a whole bunch of, you basically have an orchestra playing yeah, you behind have 60, you the entire time. 60 instruments at once. Yeah, yeah, so that's really what brings the weight of the sound and brings the energy from that, from you said, functionality, musicality of the standpoint there. So I, I, I do like that. That's, so, that's important to know. Number four. Moving on to number four, yeah. it's, a, it's, a good, it's a good transition, quite literally, yeah. smooth transitions. Yeah. Figuring out your pivot points. So when are you going to pivot from... Michael Jackson, which is an older song, to Bruno Mars, right? right? And figuring out what's the overlay here. Like Cityscape, we do a really weird transition uh, from a 70s tune, right, where we're playing I Will Survive, which of course is a hit, and you do play it. We don't play it in that first dance set. We play it later in the night. Mm-hmm. but And then hitting a Cardi B rap at the end of that over the 70s tune, yeah. and then using that as a transition point into more modern hip hop. So you're so I I when I when I wrote this down, I meant functionality, the transitions between a song and another song. You're talking about transitions of of actual tunes, right? So that's actually good to go and just keep running with that. Well, I like you, that. well, you think so? Mike's our music director in Cityscape, and I'm our band, our band leader, mm-hmm. right? So I'm calling the set. So Mike's thinking about it as he just said. How do we functionally? Make, get from song to song music, musically. Yeah, is it is it a direct segue? Yeah. Is it do we just go from playing one and we switch our hands and now we're playing the other? Right, it's something that we've worked out prior. Right. And I'm thinking about it from a genre sort of uh, energy. Like it, I don't want to say energy. That's not a no, good word for it. Logical transition points between genres because yeah. you play everything. We play everything from 40s music up to something that came out on the radio last week at a wedding. So how do you have it all make sense? Yeah. If you can find the sweet spot between the genres making sense transitionally and also what you're talking about, which is making sure that you're not stopping music and starting music and stopping yeah. music and start because that'll kill a dance floor too. Yeah. And that's why a lot of people don't go with bands. Right. Because they don't know right, that right. things have changed, right? Because we grew up with DJs and we take that technicality standpoint from how they mix tunes from one song to the next and we bring that over to what a band can do. I think working with our DJs uh, me personally working well, with our DJs has has helped me think about transitions I mean, on the band side. You talk about it ex- experience wise. Both you and I were did about anywhere between eight to twelve months of just DJ jobs 
right. before we even played with Cityscape. Right, 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 right. So that is that is that's a. I mean, to me, I think that's the the biggest learning curve that we got to kind of you know hot shot to to it's bring that an idea EMG to specialty. The bands. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like because no other band band period members leaders owners whatever are going to do as much work on the dj side as all of our band members have because we have the full dj division right so that's definitely a strength for mm-hmm. sure in terms of of transitions yeah number five and then moving on to the fifth uh the fifth way that we keep a dance floor is definitely song choice right i yeah. come back to hit them with the hits yeah like your song choice as a band needs to be solid yeah, but it's also what we say is like this is what really keeps and wins these people over, right? And so the song choice you choose at that specific time in the night, it's like when you just said before, like why are you playing I Will Survive later in the night as opposed to in the beginning? Well, that song is very popular. Everybody knows that song, right? But the type of song it is and your experience prior to, to you know, to If I playing, told people, and I, I don't do this, but if I... If I sat down our clients, Cityscape specific clients, mm-hmm. and I said, hey, I'm planning on playing I Will Survive at Your Wedding and doing a Cardi B rap, if you're listening and you've just cringed and you've thought like, oh, that's Why are you gonna do that? cheesy or whatever, uh, you're probably not alone. I, I probably would get pushback from clients going into a night thinking about that. Where we choose to put it, right? It's very tactful and I'll call for it when I know that I have the room. Yeah, that's kind of our pivot song. Yeah, so you gotta, you have to pick your spots. If I played it earlier in the evening, if I played it later in the evening, it probably wouldn't work. No. So knowing exactly where to place it, and that comes through experience, and I'm not patting ourselves on the back because we play every wedding totally different. Yeah, and but, I'm gonna do a little shameless plug here. You actually explained how you read a room, and that, that goes into reading a room, and definitely I did check it. Two years ago, I had a... Yeah, I did a I, terrible job because I basically said, like, I don't know how I read a room. Yeah. I just do it. So, like, for example, if I take a song like Sweet Caroline, Right, Sweet Caroline is a song that, in my opinion, will kill eighty percent of dance floors. I, I, yeah, I hate that song. At the <laughs> at the right wedding, it, it works. Will, it will pack that dance oh, floor. Yeah. It'll take that dance floor from eighty percent back to hundred yeah. percent back. So it's like you got to pick your spots. You've got to read the room, and you've got to pick selectively based on the people that are in front of you. Yeah, and there's two points I want to make. The first point is is that. Just because you have a set list, right? That you, when you have your finals meetings with with your couples, and it's like, all right, we're making the quote unquote the set list, right, for a band. It's not that we're sticking to it, right? Because that and that's another hesitation of what people have when they go with bands. Like, oh man, if they if they follow the set list and the song is not working, they're not they're just going to keep going through. That's not true. And the second point to kind of build off of that is that let's say, Mike, that you you've done this before and it happens all the time. You thinking a song is going to work and then it doesn't. Right, and you can see that the energy is is not maintaining, and what happens there? So take us through that. Like take us through when a song, like you think that this song is going to work, it doesn't work, and you move, and you have, how do you flip that switch? I mean, with a band, it's very simple. Yeah. You just look and you go, "We got to get the hell out of this," you know. <laughs> so like, what I do is I turn to you and I'm like, "Hey, get us out of yeah. this." Musically, yeah. figure out what the technical transition but that, is. So let's say like. Um, you know, and then you choose whatever song that you're choosing, right? That's after that. 
can be a completely different tempo and it can be different genre because A, it's a band, it's easy to do that. DJ, you really can't. Um, but that's the beauty of it. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I'll pick within the same genre. Typically not, though. No, no. You know, like if I'm playing a 90s tune and it's not working, I'm going to come top 40, I'm going to go 70s, I'm going to yeah. go to rock, yeah. you know, whatever. Based on the crowd, we played um, that same wedding that I talked about where the timeline was messed up. Yeah. That was a rock crowd. Oh, big time. Cityscape, uh, its members personally are not a rock band. Mm-hmm. We can play it. But our our preference is definitely to play dance music. Oh yeah, and so it, but it doesn't matter, right? I mean, we're there for the crowd, not for us. Not for us. Yeah. So okay, our music is not working here. Uh, time to switch it up quickly. Yeah. You know. And we did what the last 35, 40 minutes was just straight up rock. And yeah, it just, and I was just calling the it. set. Yeah, we we called the set in the in moment. real time. I called song the last, by song. Song by song, I called the last 35 minutes because w- what my game plan was going in wasn't working. Mm-hmm. So you have to like no ego. You got to just like let go of that yeah. and go for it. And having know? that flexibility, I think is what really separates that. And that's really what maintains that. So let's, let's recap this. Let's recap it. Okay. So I would say biggest thing is number one, when your trust, uh, when the trust of the crowd early, right? Mm-hmm. Make sure your timeline is good, which uh, unfortunately sometimes is out of our hands. So as a client, you should be making sure that you have those conversations with your venue mm-hmm. to make sure like, hey, venue, please put our entertainment in the best position to succeed. Mm-hmm. Um, first and set, got to hit them with the hits, right? Yep. Uh, make sure your transitions make sense from both a technical and also a genre standpoint. Yep. And uh, make sure that you're calling songs that don't suck. Yeah. Basically, just don't suck. I mean, at the end of the day, don't suck. Did you catch your breath? Right now? I, I mean, can't... throughout the, the course of this thing, because you started real hot. Oh, yeah, yeah. I usually, I normally do. Not cool. as hot as Brian, though, when he, in the initial meetings with his couples, he's just like, hey! Yeah, it's aggressive. Why does he do that? I don't know. If I, it, it's almost borderline creepy. Yeah. I'll talk to him about that. After hmm. this. Thanks for listening. <laughs> You can find us at elegantmusicgroup.com or on Instagram at elegantmusicgroup. 